Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Raph and the Meatballs. Today we have Murphy Monreal, Joey Spano, Coach Raph, and today our guest is Jim Wilkinson. Coach Wilk, glad to have you on. Yeah, really excited. Happy to be here. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate <laughs> it. Makes, Raph will lead us off. Makes one. <laughs> that isn't so bad. Jim's a 1973 graduate of MUHS. He was a Spanish teacher for nearly four decades here. He's the head varsity baseball coach for 11 seasons taking his team to the state tourney six times, which included five straight trips from 2005 to 2009. His teams during that stretch won two state titles and were a runner-up once. His playoff record is 44-14. and 14. He's also a member of the Marquette Hall of Fame and the Wisconsin Baseball Coaches Hall of Fame. So it's a pretty good resume. Welcome to the show, Coach. Happy to be here. Uh, what we want to do today is discuss your three-pronged philosophy on coaching during the season that got you much of your success and basically it was uh, you broke the season down into three segments you had a see what you got segment you had a refine your team and work on what was what we termed as your potential fatal flaw for the season and then the last thing which I thought was most important and you'll probably agree hopefully sometimes we don't agree on things but this one I think we will <laughs> Having the team take ownership at that end of the season. Amen. Yeah. Um, you know, starting the season, I did, did give a lot of chances to seniors. I kind of uh, defaulted to the seniors. I wanted to give them the first shot every year. Um, and sometimes that didn't work out. Sometimes I'd have made some tough decisions. And, uh, and frankly, sometimes uh, Coach Raffew, uh, thought I was a little too slow in that area, and uh, generally you were right. Uh, I wanted to uh, to kind of uh, give them the benefit of the doubt as much as I could uh, before I made a change, uh, and that was kind of the middle part of the season where uh, you could tell that there's one or two things that we needed to, to change along the way, uh, uh, and that were usually difficult discussions with some guys because often they were seniors uh, being replaced by younger guys who had demonstrated they needed to see the field. Um, and as you said, that third part of the season is really all about the seniors, uh, not about us at all. Uh, it's that time when seniors either decide we're going to do this or we want to do something else. Um, and uh, I really do think teams make decisions uh, on that. I think they uh, pretty much decide, okay, we're going we're gonna to come together, we're going to make sacrifices, we're going to uh, go as far as we can go with this, or they say, you know what, I, I just don't think this is going to be it. So now we did that in football this year. Our kids, after the Sussex Hamilton game, our senior leadership decided that enough was enough, and they said we're going to, we're going to give this a shot. And they did make some great sacrifices. They became a team, and the seniors really did take over the team, which is what we always had hoped for when we were coaching baseball. And I think um, that really, it's always great to see the kids take ownership of their team. And, you know, as we coached, you can say that we, at a certain point, we can only give them the knowledge we have and so much. And at that point, they have, hopefully we give them the right knowledge. We give them the opportunity to win and we give them the opportunity to be a good team. But they take that lesson and they carry it through. That's exactly right. I, I really think uh, our job is to, in fact, uh, teach them and then kind of let them go, kind of like a parent, uh, teacher, where you, you, your job is to to set them free in a way, to to get them to to buy in and 
and it's all their deal. Uh, it's not about us. It's it's about them. And uh, sometimes they do it. And uh, more often than not, uh, my experience with Marquette High athletes uh, and student athletes is that they did take on that challenge. I know Murph sometimes refers to you, Raph, as his father figure once in a while. Um, that's not true at all. Man, no, maybe, that's not, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's never happened. But uh, No, but Coach, I know you've spent a lot of time coaching here at Marquette 11 seasons, and I know you were at Germantown for a little bit. But you also coached uh, Kettle Moraine and watched all those teams out there play. So my question is, what conference do you believe has been more dominant over the last couple of years, the Classic 8 or the Greater Metro? That is a great question. Uh, the Classic 8 uh, during summer baseball yeah. uh, included a couple, uh, did not include a couple of teams that are back in it, uh, Arrowhead, Memorial. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, I'm going to have to go with the Greater Metro. Yeah. Uh, and it's not just the home field advantage here. <laughs> uh, the Greater Metro, especially during summer baseball, included Franklin and Muskego and Oak Creek, in addition to all the other powerhouses. So it was a uh, a dogfight every single game. Yeah, Classic Eight was excellent, but got to go with the Greater Metro. MC, kind of see it as like maybe the SEC and the the Big Ten kind of. Yeah, rivalry, yeah. There's mean. no lone losers in that battle. No. Yeah. No, we had some tough, tough contests. I mean, in the Greater Metro, every game, like you said, if you weren't on your game, you were going to get your lunch. Um, I remember Tosa East had that pitcher uh, <laughs> Jeff Donovan, who ended up playing quarterback at Whitewater and winning a national title, I believe, yep. on the football team. His his uh, summer hobby was pitching, and he, he was, boy, did he give us some fits. We we usually outlast him because we had our little bulldog on the mound. We had uh, Timmy Colley out there who would throw 78 miles an hour, but he knew how to get guys out. And to your to your point, the, the greater Metro was one through how many eight teams was really, really a tough conference. Well, I'll say this, though, too. I mean, Take away baseball, I mean, football as well, basketball, you go look at track. I mean, all these sports, it seems that those two conferences have kind of been the powerhouse for a number of years now. Yeah, certainly around here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not so much the same in hockey, though, right, Murph? Because it's, kind of, <laughs> it's kind of mixed. Isn't everybody kind of mixed yeah, together well, because there's yeah. not enough, not enough teams not and lot, players? There's not enough teams, yeah. So it's, yeah, Brookfield's we're, we're part of the Classic 8 for hockey. Yeah. So it's a little, it's all mixed. I mean, there's some plenty, there's some good teams. You got the that Brookfield squad that's uh, a problem in that uh, – Definitely in that problem. conference this year, but we'll, we'll take care of that yeah. when the time comes. Yeah, we'll take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> my question is, so obviously we're, you know, student athletes and, you know, there's struggles and stress that comes with that. What was your experience or what are the stressors that came with you being a teacher, coach, handling with both aspects at the same time? Uh, truthfully, it was not a stress at all. It was actually a kind of extension of the classroom. I loved uh, when I was here coaching and teaching kind of the same group of people. Uh, that was, uh, to me, the ideal, and that's always been one of Market High's strengths is having plenty of teachers uh, in the classroom also being out on the athletic field. I think that's one of the, the great things, and that's what many schools are missing, I think, yeah. that extension of the classroom out into that field. Yeah, and of course we have... Raffaele here, but we have, you know, our Coach K was is our, you know, a biology and Miss Williams is my head track coach this year. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, I mean, I think it's important because they kind of understand how challenging the yeah, school exactly. can be at yeah. points. It was, it was very hard uh, at Kettle Marine initially not teaching the kids yeah. I was coaching. Right. Uh, so I had to look at other ways to build a relationship with them yeah, and it. try to do that in the off season as many ways as I could, uh, but definitely prefer the teaching coaching model. Yeah, yeah for sure. I will say this, though, correct you on one thing. 
Murphy, I might see you more as an athlete student than a... <laughs> oh, boy. Here, here we go. Yeah. Oh, boy. Right. We'll leave that for out there. All right. We'll take care of that. You did get good. All right. Now on for our segments. So our first segment is Mount Rushmore. So it's frequently billed as the only band that matters. What are your top four Clash songs? Uh, London Calling is, uh, is my go-to. Uh, when I want to get pumped up a little bit, uh, I go with that. Uh, should I Stay or Should I Go has a Classic. Spanish section in there. Got to go <laughs> with that. And uh, let's see, what else? Uh, Rock the Casbah is another one that gets me going. And um, let's see, trying to think of one more that gets me. Uh, I'm blanking on a fourth, but those are the three on, on Mountain West Shore. Train, train in vain. Yeah. Train in vain. The started it all. Started it all. What about you, Raf? Sometimes they call you that. The train in vain. I'm a, yeah. tra- I'm a train in vain guy. <laughs> Although I do like the one with the Spanish in it too. Because I, I did ask Coach Wilk. I, from time to time, I try to quiz Coach Wilk on his Spanish, and I did uh, quiz him on that, and he got it right. There's a portion in there that's Spanish. A couple lines, five, six lines. Memo Lesta is uh, you're bugging me. Yep. Right. Yep. So that was the one I, I got him on, and uh, he knew it. Which <laughs> he did not know squirrel. I don't know if I know. Which is squirrel. Ardea. Raf's. Uh, he loved to uh, ask Spanish questions while in the dugout during games. Really? So do you know this obscure word here? Do you know? <laughs> Instead of coaching, or what is that? Uh, well, yeah, huh? the coaching was secondary. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but Ardea is not uh, obscure. A squirrel is not obscure, and neither is a bucket. I'm just making excuses here, right? That's all. Sounds like it. Yeah, and Joe are a little rusty since. Yeah, you guys dropped Spanish. Coach, we, uh, that's the only reason we can do this pop. Yeah, we dropped right. our seventh hour Spanish to do this. Yeah. So there is good that comes from Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of good. A lot of good. We'll move on to our, our next segment here. And that is our Marquette highlight. So every week uh, we have our guests think back at their time at Marquette and try to remember a specific moment at Marquette that kind of sticks out to them. So is there ever a distinct or significant moment? that kind of vividly sticks with you? Um, there's a moment where uh, we had just won the state championship in uh, in Stevens Point uh, those days, and uh, the tradition was to go in and jump in the in the river. Yeah. The Fox River was yeah, right yeah. out in the, the background. And uh, there's a picture that got taken, I think my sister took it actually, of uh, the team is around me and I'm in the middle. And... What really touched me that moment was these guys trusted me. These yeah, guys yeah. Uh, took what Raph and I said, and they took it to heart, and here's the result. Uh, uh, it was uh, one of the best moments ever, uh, not, again, because of the personal accomplishment, but because of the, the trust. Uh, that circle was the perfect symbol for that group. Yeah, for sure. We didn't have anything like Jumping in a river after we won, do we? You might have jumped in a river with them. <laughs> There's no river in Madison. I thought you were. Oh. Thought you were. the two lakes. <laughs> uh, you didn't jump in the lake or anything like that. No, we were on the Camp Randall. Field. Oh yeah, Coach K did get the. Uh, Took his shirt off though. The Gatorade yeah. put on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is high quality podcasting, today, <laughs> as you can tell. Uh, one of the things that that you know the state tournament. One of the things that I really there's a couple things that really really stuck with me. One was the Kettle Moraine game when we were playing Kettle Moraine in the finals, and we scored. Was it the was it the top of the seventh? Top of the seventh. Yeah. Top of the seventh, two outs. We 
it was a two to one game, and we scored ten runs after two outs to kind of salt the game away. And we always talk to our kids about keep grinding, keep grinding, keep grinding. It's gonna, they're going to break, they're going to break, they're going to break, and they broke. And we scored ten runs with two outs. Now it's hard enough to score ten runs in an inning with three outs, you know, and you have one out left. And we just just kept grinding. That was that was one of my one of my favorite moments. The other moment came in a loss. When we lost in the finals, we had a 4-1 lead in uh, 2009. We were going for back-to-back titles. I won't blame the coaching. <laughs> um, we were a 4-1 in the last inning, and we ended up surrendering four runs to Arrowhead, who three, year, three years prior, we beat them after they squandered a three-run lead. So they kind of paid us back. But the thing that was most important to me about that is our kids, after getting beat, and it was a heartbreaking loss, it was a walk-off loss, our kids didn't throw gloves, they didn't swear, they didn't jump up and down, they didn't pout. They got off the field, got in the handshake line, and congratulated that other team. And our losing pitcher was the guy who, who served up the last hit. He was the first guy in line. Uh, his name's Colin Wire. I want to shout out because that's important to me that he did that, and he showed that he learned more about Marquette than sports at that point, and that was really important to me that mm-hmm. our kids showed that class after such a hard hard defeat. Yeah. That was the same state tournament where we entered the, the tournament at a 16-20 and 20 record, and um, but we had been playing our best baseball, and we always think we have a chance, and uh, we... Uh, Beat Franklin and uh, I forget who we beat in the oh, Muskego in the in the semis and uh, the announcer announces our record as 21 and 20 going into the state championship game and our and our our team just erupted in cheers because we had clinched a 500 season. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a tough grind during the regular season that year, but again. You know, they put it all together, and we always – I thought we were always playing our best baseball at the right time. Even at Kettle Moran, we had that, we had that thing going. We started out with uh, – I think we had seven freshmen our first year on our team, and we got our brains beat in. We went 9-20, <laughs> and 20, I believe. And that may be – not to brag about it because you'd never say this, but I think that was the only time you've ever had a losing record in 30-plus years of coaching was that first year at Kettle Moraine. And we went from 9-20 and 20, to our junior and senior year where we were 41 and nine the last two years. Mm. So these kids, 14 year old kids were getting their brains beat in, didn't give in. They bought into the system, they trusted us and they turned that into 41 and nine and back-to-back conference titles and we were one out away from going to state uh, that last year. So these are all things that were, I mean, they just bring me a lot of joy when I coach with Coach Wilk. I've been, you know, friendship is first, but when we coached together, we had a really good rapport and we really enjoyed our time together. Uh, that's for sure. You know, uh, tersely, Coach Raff, I could not have done it without that uh, those years with you. Um, over 20 years together, and uh, it's no accident that um, I think you joined us in 2005, and uh, we had not won a state championship up to then, and then Raff comes in, <laughs> and here we go, two for th- two for three in the next three years. And he, come, he comes out of the... Woods this year and gets us a CJ. Exactly. I think there's a common denominator. <laughs> it's not a coincidence there. It's what, it's what I do. Oh, wow. It's what I do, guys. Oh, wow. Magic or something. Oh, it's wow. magical. <laughs> it's magical. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> All right, Raph, now for your segment. Okay, one final thought. Uh-oh. Yeah. And this question actually comes from a Colin Wire from Charleston, South Carolina, one of our former players. <laughs> 
Baseball is filled with superstitions. What are some of yours? And secondly, where did the term of hat dunking weather come from, and what exactly is it? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, so, of course, baseball is superstitions, uh, but it's not superstitions if it's real. I mean, you cannot, you cannot touch that baseline ever on your way out to the field. Uh, you certainly do not change your socks or your undershirt if you're winning. That's just ridiculous, the <laughs> thought of, of changing your clothes. Um, as far as hat dunking, rather, I may have, at some point in summer baseball, it's about 98 degrees, I may have opened up the Gatorade cooler, mm. dunked my hat in the drinking water, <laughs> and then put the top back on as if nothing had happened. <laughs> Yeah, and our That's kids drank the water. Them. I mean, they were all in. They, they really did in. trust us. <laughs> <laughs> did they yeah. know? Don't this. Yeah, they did. I don't know if they. I, I think th Coach Raff may have pointed it out. <laughs> I said, "You know, guys, Coach Will dunked his hat in there," and they were like, "Oh, but we're thirsty." So they. <laughs> that was back in the day when you couldn't get any diseases, though. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah everyone was. Everyone yeah, was that makes sense. Everyone was. One great thing about yeah, the early two thousand. Yeah, everyone was yeah. immune to all that stuff. Yeah, put a little so, dirt on it, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. That worked out. You want to close out the show in Spanish, perhaps? Que quieres que diga? Debo quedar o debo irme? Translate. I can't. Gracias. Should I stay or should I go? I'm going. All right. All right. Thanks, Coach Logan, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Raph talks a lot about you. Thank you. Gracias.